Hey friends, welcome to Friday, May 12th. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 78, and I, I apologize for yesterday. I went too long, and we talked about so much history, and I hope that I didn't lose you, okay? So the psalmist is saying we need to remember God. We need to remember what he's done. We need to know his heart. We need to understand his laws of love. We need to live in a steadfast relationship with him, or else there's no hope. And we need to learn from the mistakes of our past, from previous generations of people that have rebelled and defied against God. And the psalmist then brings out the children of Ephraim, which are the northern tribes that broke away from the southern tribes after the reign of Solomon. And it didn't go well. They set up a pagan altar in two places. Uh, Jeroboam was very insecure, and he, and he really just took matters into his own hands. And what we're reading about here is the generational implications of rebelling and defying God, of self-will, of obstinate defiance, and doing what we want to do. And, and we can all deceive ourselves down a path where we just take matters into our own hands. We ask God to take a back seat, or maybe we kick him to the curb, and we just take matters into our own hands and go forward in life. My friend, that is rebellion. That is defiance. We're called to be covenant people. We're called to love him and know him and walk with him and let him lead us through this life. And when we do that, he guides us. He cares for us. He protects us. He provides for us. No matter what's going on in the world around us, we become his people. He becomes our shepherd and our father. And this is what we're learning from this story is that all through time, God has been in pursuit. His passionate, loving, generous heart has been in pursuit of mankind. And mankind's bent is to stiff arm him, to push him back, to push him out. Say, no, God, we want to lean to our own understanding. We want to trust our own insight. We want to be autonomous. We want to do life our own way. We don't want you. We want uh, what we want. And the, and, and the example before us is the tr- children of Ephraim, the northern kingdom, that said, we're going to break away from the covenant of, of uh, God. We're going to break away from a relationship with God and for, from worshiping in Jerusalem and from understanding his covenant relationships and his mercy and all these things. We're going to set up new gods. We're going to have our own nation. We're going to be self-sufficient. We don't need God. That's the, that's the loud message of verse 9 and 10 uh, and 11. They forgot him. Verse 12 says, Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. So he's going back now hundreds of years to the exodus out of Egypt. And he's going back multiple generations. And here's the failure. The failure is on the fathers. The fathers did not hand forward from one generation to the next. Now, I say failures on the fathers. I don't want to just throw dads under the bus. Covenant family relationships, covenant understanding of God is really the responsibility of father and mother, the whole family. But, but, but the father is the head of the home. He's the one that God holds accountable as the leader, the shepherd of the home. And I don't mean that in an oppressive way or in a, in a uh, lording kind of way. Uh, or a power trippy kind of way. The father is to be a loving, shepherdly leader. It's so perverted in our modern culture. But the heart of God is perfect fatherhood. And the fathers did not pass forward. They got into their work. They got into their own priorities. They got into their own idolatry. They got into their own lusts and desires. And they led their families astray. Even though God did marvelous and wonderful things. Now, the psalmist is going to explain to us what God did that the fathers experienced that they should have understood. 
They should have seen it. They should have submitted. They should have followed. They should have worshipped. They should have humbled themselves, but they didn't. He says, marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. The field of Zoan is a city or a region south south of, of, uh, of where the... Sorry, south of where they were residing, which would have been the capital city, maybe near Cairo, um, and as they were leaving, okay, it's 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 the path that they left. So verse thirteen, he divided the sea, and caused them to pass through. Think about this. This is the parting of the Red Sea. He made the waters to stand as in heap. Think about the providential miracle, the divine power on display. When he said the children of Israel came to that wall of water, that, that sea before them, and the Egyptians bearing down on, on from behind, and God said, speak to the people and tell them to go forward. And they decided to go forward by faith and obedience, and God parted the waters. I think, now I would want to think, this is all I need to see the rest of my life. I'll never forget. I'll never stop following God. I'll adhere my soul in steadfast love and covenant relationship with this God, the God that delivered me in this way, wow, unbelievable. So he made the waters to stand as in heap. Verse 14, in the daytime also, he led them with a cloud and all the night with a fire. I love verse 14 and I think I'm gonna pause here for today. God did not only part the water and divide the sea and intervene in this miraculous deliverance, in this impossible moment, but then he stayed with them. And during the day, he led them with a cloud. And at night, he lit their lives with a fire, a pillar of fire. And that's a beautiful story when you read it in uh, the story of the Exodus, that God said, I'm gonna dwell with you, I'm gonna be with you, even though you're sinful, even though you're defiant and rebellious and murmuring and griping people, I'm gonna be with you, I love you, and I'm gonna shepherd you and lead you. And during the day, you're going to see me represented in this pillar of cloud. And during the night, you're going to see me represented in this pillar of fire. And I don't know if you remember the story, but he said, um, when, the, when the cloud moves, when it lifts off the tabernacle, we're going to build this whole camp around the tabernacle, the, the, the presence of God, the representative presence of God. And it's a picture that we're to build our whole lives and we're going to lead and guide our whole family to, at the center of it all is Jesus. He's going to be how we orient all of our life around him. We're going to build our life on him and around him. And, uh, and, and, and then when the cloud lifted and moved, that was the symbol or the significant message of God to the people. Pack your tents up, load the minivans, we're going. And the people were commissioned to follow God, to watch the cloud, watch the pillar, orient your lives around that pillar and that cloud. And when it moves, you move. And when it stays, you stay. And it's a simple lesson. It's a simple life lesson that we go where God goes. We stay where God tells us to stay. We do what God says to do. We let him make the decisions. He is our Lord. He is our shepherd. He is our father. And our lives are blessed and flourishing and safe and provided for and well cared for when we orient our whole hearts in that kind of relationship. So we're just beginning. The story is going to continue. But this God is your God. And this God wants to guide and lead and bless and provide for your life today. What a gift. What a treasure. Hey, join us this weekend in Emmanuel. We continue through John 14. 
See you there. We'll see you on Monday.